I can't believe they did that to me. That's not what they said they were going to do. What a liar. I didn't mean that when I said that. Yeah, those words came out of my mouth, but I didn't mean it literally. Good morning and welcome to God's Resistance. God's Resistance is local in Wilkesbury in the Wyoming Valley and spreading elsewhere. If you need someone to talk to or pray with and are interested in joining a small group to help you live as a disciple of Christ, stay tuned for contact info. My name is Eric Samborski. I want to thank you for tuning into God's Resistance, where we resist sin, self, the devil, and the world. You can hear us every Sunday at 9 a.m. on WITK 1550 a.m. and 94.7 FM. If you miss the radio program, then look for the God's Resistance podcast on your favorite podcast platform and YouTube every Sunday at 9 o'clock in the morning. You're going to find previous episodes that are on there as well as other content. You can find us at godsresistance.com. That's our hub. Uh, And then look for us on social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Gab, YouTube, Rumble. Uh, and you can spell our, or look for God's resistance by spelling it G-O-D-S-R-E-S-I-S-T-A-N-C-E. Make sure to like and follow us and turn on notifications for helpful spiritual content and to be a part of our community. You can contact us at gods.resistance at gmail.com or give us a call at 570-362-7782. Now let's listen in on today's briefing. People think lies are not that big of a deal. That is, until they get lied to themselves. They want truth in relationships. You know, if somebody is either boyfriend, girlfriend, or they're married, they want truth inside of a relationship. We want our politicians to be truthful. We want them to say what they mean and mean what they say, and then we want them to do what they said they were going to do. But the thing is, is, We don't really put those same kind of constraints on us at large. Some might, but oftentimes it's so easy to point the finger at everybody else and that they're not doing things truthfully, and I don't like the way that this is going or that's going, and we get get upset about it. And And I think that, well, it's rightfully so because lying isn't good, but we need to turn those guns back to ourselves just the same. It's okay for me to, you know, not come through in the things that I said and not mean what I say, but it's terrible when anybody else does it to me. So we've got to be careful with that because it's th- this commandment about not lying, not bearing false witness, which we're going to look at this morning, this applies ac- across the board without respect of persons. The thing is, is when you start lying and not telling the truth and in living deceitfully, the more you do that, the harder it is to keep your story consistent and the harder it is for anybody to believe any word that ever comes out of your mouth, thinking that, you know, well, they say stuff, but they don't really do it. So they, they kind of disregard your words. I've met people like that and I myself have experienced it. They say a whole lot, but they don't really back it up. So I don't really put a whole lot of stock on what they say. You listener, you don't want that to be you. You, you want to be somebody that People can say, you know what, when they say something, they do it. That, that's virtuous. That actually takes effort to go forward and to live a truthful life. Exodus 20, verse 16, <clears throat> is the commandment we're looking at here. It says, Thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. Thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. At large, 
this commandment is speaking about an offense toward your neighbor. Uh, Proverbs 24, 28, we read, Be not a witness against thy neighbor without cause, and deceive not with thy lips. So this is talking about our fellow human beings. Don't bear false witness. Don't say untrue things about people. I mean, first of all, you don't like that. Secondly, though, it's just wrong. It, it messes up society. And we can see that at large. It messes up the, our, our, our government. When people are not truthful and don't do what they say they're going to do, there's a lot of distrust and things don't work well where there's distrust. When we're talking about offending a neighbor, offending, you know, that person that I, you know, uh, maybe maybe they are my literal neighbors, they live next to me, or maybe it's just, you know, somebody else who's going along the, the walk of life here and, you know, they have to deal with some of the same stuff that I have to deal with. Don't Don't deceive them with your lips. Don't lie. Deuteronomy 19, 16 through 20. We read, if a false witness rise up against any man to testify against him that which is wrong, then both the men between whom the controversy is shall stand before the Lord, before the priests and the judges, which shall be in those days. And the judges shall make diligent inquisition. And behold, if the witness be a false witness and hath testified falsely against his brother, then shall you do unto him as he had thought to have done unto his brother. So shalt thou put the evil away from among you and those which remain shall he- hear and fear and shall henceforth commit no more any such evil among you. So here you find this bearing false witness against one another. Oftentimes we can think about this better if we think about it in um, the court of law. So somebody says, so-and-so did this. The other person says, no, I didn't. I did such and such. And if you just leave it between these two people, they both are going to stand firm on their ground and say the other person's wrong. So we need to go to the next step. The next step is we go before judges. We go before a jury. Here, it was a a different system in the Old Testament as far as the Bible is concerned, but the principles uh, that we have in our government came from the Bible. And we go before judges. We go before a jury. They hear out the case. They ask questions. It says diligent, uh, I think it said inquisition asking questions diligently to get to the truth and then corroborating the different witnesses and testimonies that are had to get to the truth. Because we don't want there to be somebody getting away with lying and then making somebody else suffer for a lie. That is ultimately what's going on. And people do suffer greatly because of lies. They suffer in the workplace because of lies. They suffer in families because of lies. They suffer in society because of lie. It's terrible that God hates lying. So this commandment is speaking about the effects that we have on our neighbors because of lying, how we can ruin them at all. We don't want to bear false witness against our neighbor. It is worthy of note, though, that you also can lie to God. We read about this in Acts chapter 5, verses 3 to 6. Peter said, to Ananias, why hath Satan filled thine heart to lie to the Holy Ghost and to keep back part of the price of the land? Whilst it remained, was it not thine own? And after it was sold, was it not in thine own power? Why hast thou conceived this thing in thine heart? Thou hast not lied unto men, but unto God. And Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and gave up the ghost, or he died, and great fear came on all them that heard these things. And the young man arose, wound him up, and carried him out, and buried him. Wow. So here, Ananias and his wife, Sapphira, they saw all these other people 
giving away all of their goods and laying it at the apostles' feet for the cause of the kingdom and for those that, are, that were gods. The problem is, is that they pretended to do the same thing as everyone else because they wanted that status or reputation among the people, but they didn't actually do it. So Peter said, you lied to God. You lied to the Holy Ghost. So we have to be careful. We don't want to lie to people, and we don't want to lie to God. So I want to start with the first basis that lying is wicked. We think it's lying happens so much in society, it's almost like we're numb to it. It's not a problem anymore. But lying is very wicked. Exodus 23.1, we read, Thou shalt not raise a false report. Put not thine hand with the wicked to be an unrighteous witness. Essentially, this verse is telling us, if you are throwing, if you lie, you're throwing your lot in with the wicked, and you are, in fact, wicked. That's very simple and straightforward. God says if you lie, you are a wicked person. You are contributing to wickedness all around, and you yourself are a wicked person. So we need to get that in our minds. Lying is wicked. It's not good. It's not right. No good comes of it. And you may be saying, hold on, hold on. I think there can be some good that come out of it. We're going to look through that in a little bit, but just hang on with me. The origin of deceit and lies is also important for us to know or understand. That The origin of deceit and lies is the devil himself, Satan. Jesus said in John 8, 44, to the religious leaders of those days, you are of your father the devil, and the lusts of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. He's the father of lies. So Satan himself is the father of lies. He lied in the Garden of Eden about the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. God had specifically told Adam and Eve how this was and, and what would happen if they were to partake of it. They could eat of everything else but that. Then the devil comes along and he starts his lying, his deceiving. He said, God didn't say that, did he? He asked the question and he's trying to get them to question God. He knows very well God said that. Then he, he kind of conveys the point to them, God is holding something back from you. You know, if God was really a good God, he wouldn't hold these things back from you, but he is, question marks, lying. God wasn't holding anything back from them. You will not die if you eat of this tree. That's another lie, because though they may have not died physically that moment, death, eternal death, had entered in where people were not supposed to die. Death was a foreign entrance into God's creation. And then they ate, and death took place, sin and death. And then he also said, you know, God just knows that if you eat of this, you're going to be made wise. You're going to be like him, like the Most High. This is ultimately what the devil himself wanted, was to be like the Most High. He wanted to take God's throne, kick him off, and sit on it himself. You will be made wise like God, he said. So the, here we find the devil lying over and over and over again in the beginning, and he hasn't stopped. He continues to do it. He continues to lie. So if you yourself lie, you show that you are a child of the devil himself. The devil is the epitome of wickedness, and he is your father if that's what you are going to do. If you are going to lie, then you are being used of the devil himself 
and you are, you're in a bad spot. You have joined yourself with the most wicked being that exists. God hates lying. We need to establish this as a very serious, and we need to establish it as, in fact, truth. Proverbs 6, 16 through 19 shows us God's heart. He said, These six, these six things doth the Lord hate, yea, seven are an abomination to him, to God. A proud look, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood, and heart that deviseth wicked imaginations, feet that be swift in running to mischief, a false witness that speaketh lies, and he that soweth discord among brethren. These things doth the Lord hate, is how that started. God hates lying. He hates lying because it came from the devil himself, and lying is destructive by nature. God hates lying. Okay, lying is bad. If you lie, you're wicked. The origin of lies and deceit comes from the devil himself. So if I lie, I'm also complicit with the devil. I'm kind of his buddy and pal and helping him to do his dirty work. And God hates lying. Wonderful. What, but what consequences are that? Well, lying is a sin that lands you into hell. Proverbs 19 verse 5 says, A false witness shall not be unpunished, and he that speaketh lies shall not escape. Escape what? Damnation. Escape an eternal hell. Escape the consequence of lying. Uh, Verse 9 of Proverbs 19, just a few verses after this, says, A false witness shall not be unpunished, and he that speaketh lies shall perish. Perish, what's he talking about? Dying eternally. Sin leads unto death, and that eternally. We're told that later in the New Testament. Sin leads to death. If those aren't clear enough for you, then read Revelation 21, verse 8. The fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. So we need to get that in our minds. Lying is wicked. The devil is the source of it, of all lying. And we can join ourselves with him and lie, and then we make it our own. God hates lying. It's an abomination in his sight. Lying is a sin. And lying will land you in eternal hell. All liars shall have their part in the lake of fire. They will not be able to escape. They shall perish according to the scriptures. In case you've just tuned in, you are listening to God's Resistance, where we resist sin, self, the world, and the devil. You can hear us every Sunday at 9 a.m. on WITK, 1550 a.m. and 94.7 FM. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter at God's Resistance. That is G-O-D-S-R-E-S-I-S-T-A-N-C-E. You can also email us at gods.resistance at gmail.com or call us at 570-362-7782. So now we may be saying, Okay, you've established that if you lie, you're wicked. It's wrong, all that kind of stuff. What is lying? I don't, I don't want to do this. What does it look like? Well, how, how does this get fleshed out? I want to avoid this. That's a good thing to understand. Or 
It's not even just avoiding. It's not that we just have to live a better life and stop lying, though we should. It's that if I am doing these things, I'm guilty and I need help. There's got to be a remedy here, and there is a remedy. We'll get to that later. But what is lying? I'm going to go through a bunch of different things, and there's not necessarily a specific order to all of this, but just giving us an idea of lying. Um, and how we can be complicit to it or how we, how we should war against it, all those kind of things. So what is lying? Well, if we know that somebody is wrongfully accused and we're not defending them when we have knowledge, we are complicit to the lie. We're in bad shape. There was a very famous American preacher back in the 1800s. His name was Henry Ward Beecher. In 1875, he was accused of having an affair with his best friend's wife, and it became a huge trial, Tilton versus Beecher, um, where they said, where it was said that he was having an affair with this lady. Now, he maintained his innocence the whole way through. They had trials. When it came down to the vote, Nine people on the jury trial acquitted him and said it didn't happen. Three people condemned him. So he, he went through the pain of a, a prominent preacher who was innocent, getting accused of something he didn't do publicly. You can imagine the draft that plays on you emotionally, what it does to you and your reputation and your influence. And I mean, somebody can say a bad word about you and it doesn't have to be true and it still ruins your influence. It can still ruin your reputation. It can still cause so much damage. Sometimes people have taken their lives because of it. And I'm not saying that's uh, an acceptable way out, but the grief is so terrible. Well, after this, Henry Ward Beecher, he, he kind of made a vow with God as to what was going to happen here. Remember, I said not defending somebody who's wrongfully accused. That's what we're talking about. So in a bitter uh, political campaign of 1884, James G. Blaine was attacked as a corruptionist and Grover Cleveland as an immoral man. In the midst of the campaign, Henry Ward Beecher took the stump in behalf of Cleveland. The reason was that having suffered himself so deeply through slander, Beecher had resolved to defend, if he could, any man who was assailed in the same kind of manner he was. At a great meeting at the Brooklyn Rink on October 22nd, Beecher said, When in the gloomy night of my own suffering, I sounded every depth of sorrow. I vowed that if God would bring the day star of hope, I would never suffer brother, friend, or neighbor to go unfriended should a like serpent seek to crush him. This oath I will regard now because I know the bitterness of venomous lies. I will stand against infamous lies that seek to sting to death an upright man and magistrate. Thus, Beecher, instead of letting that all poison poison him, he turned it around to good to help other people. If you and I know somebody is innocent, not just we have a sense like, I feel like he's innocent. He just seems like he's innocent. But I'm talking about people we know, people we probably uh, have associations with, we talk to or whatever, and they're accused of something that's wrong, and we know that they're not wrong. We have proof. We need to speak the truth. We need to speak the truth even if other people are real angry about it. I mean, that's what it's like in the court of law too. You're you're to speak the truth. If you can stop somebody from being wrongfully accused of something and, and destroyed, 
That's our duty to do that. We need to do that. And so part of lying or bearing false witness is being quiet when you shouldn't. You should speak up. It was mentioned here about slander there with Henry Ward Beecher, but slander is another form of lying. And slander, defined by a dictionary, is the action or crime of making a false spoken statement damaging to a person's reputation. That is slander. So the religious leaders of Jesus' day, they slandered him all over. They slandered prophets. They slandered the apostles. But let that sink in for a moment. The religious leaders slandered Jesus. Aren't they supposed to be the ones that are moral and upright? and doing what's right, and being good? What do you mean they slandered? They lied? Don't they know the Bible speaks against that? That's the thing. If you don't have reality with God in your heart, you can act religious all the day long, but it doesn't mean you got the goods inside. And that's what was going on with these religious leaders. They didn't have any true salvation. They didn't have any true victory over sin. They just wanted the reputation, the pomp, the power that came with the position. And so, because Jesus threatened that, because he exposed them, they were angry, and they slandered him, made up a bunch of false things about him. They sought people to give false witness against him because they hated him so bad. Okay, so we see that happening to the Son of God inside of the scriptures, the slandering. I would say the same thing happened, spewing of slander from both sides throughout Trump's presidency. People are spewing things against Trump and saying he did and said and this, that, and the other. Maybe sometimes it was true, but I rest assured a whole chunk of what was said wasn't true. Trump, he could have done the same thing. And and it's not just Trump, but it would have been people on the political left or the political right. They hate each other so bad, they'd lie about one another and slander one another, ruin one another's reputation and effectiveness in society to be civil human beings and to govern our United States. Slander causes so much trouble. They plaster it all over the news. And by the way, the news is terribly guilty of these things, and they should be ashamed of themselves. They are liars at large. They say a whole lot of things and slander people's names, and it's, it's, it's not even hidden. They're, it's right out in the open. And I'm not just saying it's only one side. It's both sides. They're slandering because they have an agenda. They have, a, they have an end they want to get to, and they don't care how they get it, so the end justifies the means. That's not the way God looks at things, though. It doesn't matter if you're a Republican or you're a Democrat or whatever it is. If you're slandering, you're lying, you're sinning against God, and you're guilty. And it doesn't matter what your ideology is. When you stand before God, you will be found wanting because you have slandered, you have lied, you have bore false witness, and you have broken one of God's Ten Commandments. And if that is you, and if you're aligned with that, you should flee from it. You should flee from it like the plague. Another uh, thing of, of lying, repeating something, a matter that happened, without careful investigation to know the whole truth. The Bible, so many other places, forbids tailbearing. Um, another word, gossiping. And really, gossiping is a form of lying because often, when you hear something, you hear a story, some juicy fact, you don't have all of the, the facts that are in there. You don't, you don't know everything. So you're repeating one part of it, therefore causing or, or creating an impression or creating a picture that is not entirely accurate. And so you are repeating a lie. You are causing a lie by what you're doing. And so we need to be careful 
to not just repeat things we hear without careful investigation to know the truth. Sometimes we need to stay out of it because we don't know enough. I know that sounds a little funny because earlier I said, if you know someone's innocent and you don't speak up, that's, that's bearing false witness. You need to be true. You need to say what's true and know it like that. But the other side is true also. If you don't know everything that's going on or you're not really involved with the situation, you probably should just stay out of it. So we've got those responsibilities on both sides. We've heard the expression, I, I, I mentioned this in the beginning that, you know, I was going to try and deal with this a little, but white lies. Oh, yeah, there's sometimes, though, that lies can be good. That's, that's the illusion that people say. Sometimes lies can be good or do good. But white lies steal the responsibility of the one being lied to. And you say, what in the world are you talking about? If you don't tell the truth to someone, because you're afraid to hurt somebody's feelings, what good are you doing for them? Like, I'm not saying that we need to just go ahead and say, well, that's the truth, that's a blunt truth, take it or leave it. But I'm saying if we're lying to protect somebody, we're not really helping them. I've told my children this so many times, they, they will come to me and they'll say, such and such happened to me and it's not fair. Now I could say, well, that isn't fair and that needs to be switched or that needs to be, you know, righted or whatever. And I, I try and do that and I try to be as fair as I can. But I also try and tell my kids, even if they were wrong, I say, this is life. Life is not fair. People don't play by the rules. People are nasty. And they won't do things that are right. And you're going to have to deal with those things. So you have to know right now how to deal with these, your feelings being hurt or unfairness or in, uh, injustice. You have to deal with that because it happens in life. Um. It also takes away responsibility when we give a little white lie from uh, somebody that maybe they need to change. Maybe in hearing the truth, they will change, or, or at least they have an opportunity to cope with the truth. So white lies are not good. It's not okay to lie. We don't have to tell all the truth, uh, you know, like all the, all the pieces or whatever, if it's not profitable to a situation, but we, we shouldn't be lying either. Also, lying is making false impressions about people. Well, you know, that person's kind of. I didn't say anything about him, but I did kind of give the false impression about him, or I did, you know, I did something to kind of blacken their character. Flattery, that's another form of lying. Saying that you're so glad to see someone when you're really not, and you, you don't, you, I mean, in some respect, you'd be better off if you never saw the person. So don't flatter someone and tell them something that's not true. Or praising somebody, an individual, when you, your praise is not true. Uh, or you're praising them because you know it's going to benefit yourself. Oh, you're just so wonderful, and oh, you did so well, and then you talk about them differently when you're not around them. That's a form of lying. Also, saying the truth with the intent to deceive. Like, if you were a guy selling a car, and you know your car has had troubles, and you're in and out of the shop trying to get this fixed, and then somebody comes to look at your car and says, so, is the engine okay? And your answer is, it started up just fine this morning. You're trying to convey to them that there's nothing wrong with the car by a true statement. So your intent is to deceive. You are manipulating facts to create a certain narrative that will benefit you. That's lying, and it needs to be, it needs to be abandoned. That, that is terrible. All, with all this being said, we do need to use discretion. You don't always have to tell all the information about something. Somebody says, how's my new outfit? It may not be very tactful to say it's as ugly as can be. You can say, well, it's not really something I, you know, would pick or 
however you need to do it. There's, there may be a more tactful way about it. We're not saying to be blunt and nasty, but we, we don't want to lie, and we need to use discretion. So God help us there. So listener, have you lied? Have you slandered someone's name, ruined their reputation by your mouth? Do you gossip, pass along information, you don't have all the facts? Do you tell your little white lies? Do you flatter people? Lying is an issue of the heart. We already said God hates lying. All liars shall have their part in the lake of fire, according to the scripture. And if that's you, you're guilty, and you've broken one of God's Ten Commandments here. And being guilty, you're headed to hell. And God has put Jesus as a substitute for you if you repent and believe. There's still hope for you if you are listening to this right now, even though you may have been found out by God. Your next step is to call 570-362-7782 or email gods.resistance at gmail.com. Introduce yourself to me. I'd love to set up a time to meet with you, coffee shop, somewhere. I can coach you and help you in your journey with God. Also, make sure to like and follow us on our uh, social media accounts for more teaching and preaching, connecting with other people. I want you to tell your friends about our social media account as well. And also tell your friends about this broadcast every Sunday at 9 a.m. on WITK. But above all, join the resistance, God's resistance. A special thank you to Spectacular Sound Productions for giving permission for the use of the song Heroes and Monsters, which was edited and used in part on this production. The permission was granted under Attribution Share Alike 4.0 International Creative Commons license. That license may be found at https colon forward slash forward slash creativecommons.org forward slash licenses forward slash by hyphen essay forward slash 4.0 forward slash legal code.